email the other day um, that I think it's, that I think is appropriate to start with Gina that so this husband just finished reading a new book entitled you can be the man of your house oh boy and so finding new courage that he didn't know he had he stormed in the kitchen and announced to his wife that from now on uh, you need to know that I'm the man of the house and my word is the law you will prepare me a gourmet meal, bring it to me, and when I'm done eating, you'll clear the dishes and serve me a scrumptious dessert. And after dinner, we're going to go upstairs and we'll make love the way I want. Afterwards, you're going to draw me a bath so I can relax. You'll put on a soothing music, wash my back, towel me dry, bring me my robe, massage my feet and hands to relieve any last bit of tension so that I can sleep like a baby. Then tomorrow, guess who's going to dress me and comb my hair? The wife then replied, the funeral director would be my first <laughs> guess unless I have you cremated. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're listing all those things, and I thought, this guy's been taking Corey's advice. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's exactly what I propose. You need to be the man of your house. Well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio with Dr. Corey Allen and Gina Paris where we are having honest conversations that hopefully are interpreted right about love and sex and marriage and anything and everything in between. Uh, you can find us at our website at sexymarriageradio.com, and we'd love to hear from you. So send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, or you can call our helpline that's 24-7, and that number is 615-567-3996. Oh, my goodness. Can I please say the phone number? Please do. I worked so hard on this phone number, Nashville area code 615-56-SEXY-SIX. Give us a call. <laughs> and on that note, um, I think what I, I really want to put a call out for everybody that is a regular listener of our show to give us some feedback for this one, because I know we're going we're gonna to attempt to expound on some of the best worst marriage advice we've had and the worst marriage advice that we've had you know that we've given or heard or heard someone else give or or read or you know there it, it, it we're filled with stuff that's out there that is good and bad and so i want to hear from our listeners of what's their best marriage advice they've heard or given and what's the worst that they've heard or given and so i know I so adore our listeners, and I love these emails we get. And when they take our advice and it goes badly, it it plays on that phrase you said, hopefully our advice is interpreted correctly. Exactly, because, you know, a lot of it's a work in progress. And, you know, I, I, I don't know, I capture everything that I talk about and believe under the whole umbrella of growing up. And I mean, that's, that's just a phrase that I've kind of adopted because I think it fits. It's, it's the idea of being a fully functioning human in relationship with another fully functioning human that chooses each other, that isn't stuck with each other. And so sometimes there's a lot of vagary in that, in that when you, it's, it's not, it's not, it's hard to quantify, I guess you could say. 
Well, it's funny because we celebrate this grown-up sex in a lot of ways in opposition to our youth-obsessed culture that makes you feel like only very young, single, sexy-looking people are having this this great sex. And really, grown-up sex is exactly that, where you're so comfortable in your grown-up body with a grown-up ability to take charge of your mind and emotions and and to give of your best self to what's best in your mate. It's, there's nothing more sexy or erotic about it. But sometimes, Corey, you talk about putting pressure on your mate to grow up. And, and what he means, and I'm just going to speak because I know what you mean. When we change ourselves and we, we bring out what's the best in ourselves, that automatically puts pressure on our mate and brings change to the relationship. Has it ever been misunderstood, my friend? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because it, it's one of those, it's a systemic process that's going on. That whenever one person changes the system, it puts pressure or tension or flat-out conflict on the other people involved in the system. There's, there's no way around that. And so some of that some of that pressure comes just because you make a, a fundamental change in what you believe or who you are or what you want to do. And that could be something like, you know, hey, I think I'm going to change jobs. That's a that's going to put pressure on your family. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going to I'm going to quit this job and I'm going to go after the hobby I've always really wanted to do. And I want to see if I can make something of it. You know, that that's going to put pressure when my wife and I um, before we had kids, we started a company that she was actually the one doing it because she had. Uh, two partners that came you know, from the company she was working for that they wanted to go into a manufacturing company. She's like, let's do this. I think it's a gold mine. I think it's a great, great avenue to explore. So we started that company with them. So it was three owners. There were three families that owned it and gave it a good go. At the same time, I'm finishing up my master's degree in counseling. And so I'm working um, a, a sales job and during the day, and then I'm going to school at night. And I get the opportunity shortly after the company started to do a double internship and be done with school in, in one, one less semester. So then I could start my doctorate work right away. And, you know, so it's kind of this whole map we had laid out. And so I said to her, hey, I'm going to quit. And I'm just going to go to school full time so I can do a double internship, which means I'm going to have a full time job counseling, but I'm not going to get paid a cent for it because I'm getting I'm doing it for, for what's required for school. That puts a tremendous amount of pressure on her because she already had a big pay cut to start this company. You know, so it's like it's just by choices we make puts pressure on those that we're with. There's no way around it. Well, so you just told her you didn't ask her. What no, it she was thought. a it was a conversation. I mean, it kind of it kind of became an agreement, but it was one of those. <laughs> that's what I really wanted. And so I was pursuing it mm -hmm. to get what I wanted. <laughs> Honestly, that's because that's that's the whole idea of. Let's. I want to get this done, and then I can move on to the next thing. And mm -hmm. you know, luckily she's a very open woman to having those conversations. And yeah, we can do that. And so we just made it work. You know, we just cut back, and our popular food of choice back then was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because that was cheap. <laughs> Man, my husband would never eat sandwiches for dinner because he grew up poor, and yeah. I didn't. And yeah. <laughs> The first time I made sandwiches, 
He said, that is what poor people eat for dinner. I'm not ever eating. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's a different meaning attached to it with you. Exactly. Uh, and, now and, we do it because we're it's not a problem. Yeah, but those those are the things that go on in every single relationship. That those meaning we are yep. we are not immune to the pressures that happen when change occurs because one of the the only constant in life is change. I mean, okay, much- so let's talk about best and worst advice, or in or do you want to talk about in feedback from our listeners and advice or. Well, let's we'll start with the the misinterpretation and maybe uh, of the advice. Because we got, we did get an, e- we've gotten a couple emails of, okay, I tried out what you said, okay, Doctor Allen, and it didn't work. In fact, it blew up in my face. Did I do the right thing? You know. Okay, so I'll, I'll give the example. Go for it. So this listener is in in the throes of lovemaking, still kind of warming up, and and he he makes a toyful play at his wife and she's not biting you know she doesn't she doesn't like this real eroticism so she's trying to get him to calm down a little bit and play at her level and so he he says something like dr Corey says no i'm kidding <laughs> yeah, i don't think i don't think my name was mentioned my, my name's not no. a good initiation atta- attempt so no not, but not this a good whole thing. idea i know what it was i knew that day that you You've said this so many times when you looked at your wife and said, I don't want to make love to a spouse who's not present. And you stormed out. Oh, my gosh. I was feeling the demise of so many out there. Sure. But but so this guy says, all right. So he tells his wife, you're a really great lover, but you're just not rowdy enough and in touch with your inner sex kitten and in self differentiation stuff i want you to be hornier and wilder <clears throat> okay and then he says needless to say we didn't have sex that night yeah it, it, it blew up yeah okay so then his question was what did i do wrong nothing yes he did <laughs> go for it <laughs> if i'm his wife i'm thinking who the heck have you been listening to? You're telling me while we're naked and making love that you want me to be different? That's not the time to to be self-differentiating, expressing psychobabble. It's not? So, okay. No. Well, I don't know. There might be some women quite aroused by psychobabble. Well, but, okay. To be To be fair... The word differentiation, I don't think, was ever said. The word "growing up" was ever said. I mean, I don't, I don't, I think that's a. Oh no! Wait, <laughs> it, I'm trying to. I'm was, trying to encapsulate a few different letters. Yeah, without I, I get it. Guilty. I get it. it. It was more about an innocent, yeah, like an innocent comment. Her. An innocent comment was made about, "Hey, this is what makes me more comfortable." You know, how would you like it if I did this to you? And his response was, come on, you know, I would actually love it. And then she took that as, well, you don't think I'm out there enough, that I'm erotic enough, which, you know, could be true, could be not. It was just the way it was interpreted. And he said, well, maybe you should try it sometime. You know, maybe you should come on up to my level and, and, you know, come swimming in the deep end where I am because look at how developed I am. And in his mind, he was, quote, and it it was quote an attempt to put pressure on her to grow up. Right. Yeah. Should should I up the up the ante and up my game a little bit or not? Well, change is not going to happen 
by just sitting there hoping it happens. It's true. So sometimes, this is, okay, here you go. I've got the blow up my marriage class going on right now. And we're in the middle of the first couple of modules, so a lot of people are just kind of getting their bearings to, to what all is going on. And most everybody that's in this class has this, you know, maybe a functioning marriage, maybe a barely functioning marriage, but they really want, they don't want to lose their marriage. They want to create something better. So that's why they're in the class. And so they're proposed, you know, I'm proposing let's blow things up and, and create something new, create something completely different. And a majority of the men will, will say, I've always been one that avoids the conflict when it comes to, you know, with my wife. I, I just want to make things smooth. I want, I want smooth sailing. I don't want conflict. I'm afraid to rock the boat. And without fail this time, there's been like five men that have said this during the class. And without fail, I have always come back with rock the boat, rock the boat. That's what you've got to do. And it's not an intentional I'm picking a fight. It's more of I'm going to let myself and what, what I think be known more because she already knows you're playing a game. I'm all about rocking the boat, but when we're, when it's all about energy, right? I'm the performance coach, mindset, mind, body. When the energy is I'm dissatisfied because of you and I'm going to manipulate change here, it's not going to be in your best interest because of the place you're coming from, especially if we're going to go when we're buck naked in this most vulnerable place and then rock the boat right there. Right. So, so number one, anytime any of us want to affect change around us, the very first thing to do is to be the change. So I'm going to say the way better advice to take would have been something you've said before about number one, just addressing your spouse as if they're the most adventurous, erotic person on the planet. Just be that, be mm-hmm. in that confidence, stand in that power, and go for it. Right. And so, if he, if this guy had done that, you know, then, and then he would understand what is that, what is sexy about him to her. For most women, there, what is sexy to us is that we're protected, we are uh, cherished, we're brought along in this in this sexual encounter. Not that we're not sexy enough. We're not erotic enough. We're not horny enough. Okay. So do you see the difference in the whole no, approach? I, I, I get it. But I'm thinking of it in the terms of you may lose the battle, but you're you're setting the stage to win the war. But you're not. Not if she is a social. <laughs> not, not if she then becomes associated with sex with you equals this complete discomfort. Okay. I'm not even going to take off my clothes because blank. Okay. But then you're dealing with what's really going on. Exactly. And that's what you need to get to in the first place. So that takes us back to doing it in non-pressure situations. (laughs) Okay. Let me just say two syllables. Timing. Well, okay. Sure, timing may may have been better, but you we've also been proponents in this on this show of when you can really up your game in your most intimate aspect of your life, it changes every area of your life, and vice versa. 
Right. So which means take two, you know, so so is the best case scenario. He comes back from that. It's like, well, that was a fail. So take two, come at it as if she's the most erotic woman on the planet and try a different approach. Right. It's really all right. But that may it, it still is very likely sex is not going to occur on that instance. Because there's been damage done or she's hurt or she needs some time to think through some things and come to grips with something and he needs time to rethink, well, maybe that wasn't the right timing. Maybe it was. Maybe I need to apologize. Maybe I don't. But time will will clearly define if that's going to shift some things to a deeper level or not. Because if you go back to just trying to patch the wounds and, okay, well, we'll just do it however you want. You're not it's not changing anything it's that's that's first order change that's just a behavior shift that is not going to last that's just the little attempts but if you go stick the course then it's going to change some things on a deeper level which she's going to probably get on board with right the challenge is for him and, and i hope that he enjoys the challenge is for him to look for creative ways to help her get in touch with her erotic nature to enjoy pleasure to to feel like she really deserves pleasure that she's sexy to to really light that sexual energy and and to make it great because right. for whatever reason she doesn't to be you know she, to, re, to she be, recoils yeah to see that he can be an instrument to help bring that out of her yeah absolutely right. so then that takes the so it seems like the part that was acted on was it his was his responsibility in that moment to put pressure on her there's different different ways to act out putting that pressure on. Sure, there so. is, but uh, per the one email we're really talking about, because we've kind of com- tried to combine several, okay. and then it's kind of navigated to just one <laughs> that has a specific example. Okay. Per that email, and you know who I'm talking to if you're listening today, I don't think you did anything wrong. I think you did a, you, you made a great step. Now you've got to be willing to hold on to yourself and take the hit for that move and see what happens because it's a, it's a, it's a further defining of who you are and at the same time a further defining of who she is. She may not want to go into an erotic world and get in touch with that in herself. That's fine. You're better off knowing that and then make decisions accordingly rather than hoping it's there and trying to figure out a way to pull it out of her when it's not even there. Right. And I knew we would disagree on on whether or not it was right or wrong. But yeah. that's why we're both here because we have a ton of respect for each other and different perspectives. Yeah. And um, in in all actuality, we just believe for the best for you listening. And we know that there's there is growth possible. And as a woman, I'm just gonna say, keep trying. Maybe we <laughs> exactly. don't feel very erotic twenty days a month. Maybe not even 27 days a month, but there's usually three pretty good days you can crack. Yeah. I was going to say crack the code, but even crack the whip. I don't know. That works. <laughs> but it is, because it is one of those, if it's just a, a, a feeble attempt to bring about change, then you're going to revert back to what worked last time. You know, you're going to just try to patch the wounds and make it okay. But if it's a real leap of faith to to really shift things to a deeper level between you and within yourself it will be one of those you'll keep that in mind and you'll stay the course sure you can you can have more effective ways to do it you know and and maybe there was some fault in that i mean that that's that's like the whole idea of making a move 
you know, we've talked about the sexy marriage moves. There's, sure. there's effective ways I can make a move. And then there's sometimes I can do the exact same move and then bomb big time <laughs> because she's just not in the right mood or something's not happening. Right. You know, there's, it's just not a connection. And, but that, does that mean because I failed once I give up on it completely? No, 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 you keep going, you keep trying. And then if nothing else, she knows it's coming, <laughs> you know, she knows there's going to be some expectations or some pressures, the board that comes to mind, but it usually has a negative connotation, but it, 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 it also means she has a responsibility to be there and be engaged, not just be a receptacle. I mean, that's yeah, basically that takes, what he's saying. That want, takes both parties having a really clear vision. When we're talking about change, the best thing you can do is have a crystal clear vision of who you want to be in yep. that relationship. Yep. And that will play into what you want to have and what you want to experience. That's true in marriage and in, in business and in life. Yep. Who do you want to be? What do you want to have? What do you want to do? And then be it. Absolutely. And then you take you take the feedback that you get from the people you care about and you adjust accordingly if you need to. I mean, that's, that's yes. just the growth. That's the process of life. I mean, teenager, teenagehood encapsulates that the most, where it's the changing trends so fast because they're just trying out who they are. They're exactly. discovering it. Well, that doesn't go away as we get adults. It just, we get a little more subtle or a little more sophisticated in the way we try to manipulate it. But it's still the same process. Yes, and at their core, whether you're a teenager or an adult, pretty much everyone is looking to be validated. Yep. So. All right. So. That's it. We've we've, I think unpacked that one. Let's get let's shift gears just a little bit. Mm-hmm. That that was some advice that was <laughs> acted on wrong by you. Nothing wrong with it by me. So. What's some <laughs> other? Give me. Let's let's come up with a real quick best best marriage advice you've heard. Worst marriage advice you've heard given? Yeah, I'm going to give the worst because this was given by a pretty famous, you know, marriage guru. Yeah. And it was to put pressure on your mate to make him, so it's to a woman, make him appreciate you by, um, you know, get all dressed up and make him feel what it would be like to not have you around. So you're supposed to get dressed up, look really hot, go, you know, I guess kiss the guy goodbye or whatever. And go to the club and have a good time. Okay. And then, and then I guess in this guru's mind, you know, you come home and your husband is thinking, oh, gosh, oh, you're so hot. I can't stand the thought of you in someone else's <laughs> arms. I don't know what in the world. Here's what I know would probably result from this. You know, get all dressed up. Go with your girlfriends to the club, which I don't even have any girlfriends who would play this role with me because they'd all ask what the heck I was thinking. But just on the off chance, I owned a micro mini and some stilettos and wanted to go seduce some men and certainly not my hick town, you know, maybe Nashville. Right. Uh, So, you know, you meet somebody and most of us who are female know how to get a guy's attention and do whatever it it takes. Absolutely. that That just comes with the manual when you're born. Yes, how you catch eye contact, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and so so we come home, and and un, unlike the guru's advice, our husband would be a sound asleep. Mine would be. Okay. So then you're laying there thinking, <clears throat> and yeah, I know what would happen. You go on Facebook since, hey, look me up on Facebook, and there he is. There's the note already, friend request. Okay. Hey, had a great time. 
So that's a slippery some, slope. Uh, yeah, I just think that's just the worst advice ever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the one that comes to my mind, the, the one that is very popular, and this isn't something that's necessarily given to newlyweds. This is something that's given to people after the honeymoon is over and yeah. the newness is worn off. And it's it's more of a catchphrase than than advice, I guess. But it's that whole idea of happy wife, happy life kind of oh, idea. Really? I don't, yeah. I'm not opposed yet. You better keep talking. Well, okay. Because it sets up that scenario of you have to do whatever you have to to make her happy. And to me, that is just the pitfall of totally not even being present and being something solid and stable as a man in your relationship. It's all about being nice. It's all about catering to her every whim. And nobody, I mean, if you truly adopted that, I'm going to be willing to bet there's not a woman out there that wants to be in a marriage with a slave. That's someone mm -hmm. that will do everything for her. Because there's no pushback then. There's no defining. There's no pressure since we've talked about that already there's no <laughs> there's there's none of that there's none of that who are you kind of stuff that, that i can exactly really right. bounce myself off of that i can feel safe with that i can you know it's one of those you know i've i've read in some books where it talks about you know sometimes a man needs to stand up to his wife and he needs to stand up to other people because she wants that she wants that defining of you're you're going to fight for me you're going to care for me and what I care about. And that's the way that's modeled. <laughs> I, I always talk about the best advice I ever got dating from a boyfriend. And it was along those lines. I, we dated for years, all through high school, 14. You know, he was four years older than me. So he was already playing college football by the time I was 17 or whatever. But, you know, a 17-year-old girl's emotions are very up and down. And I remember getting in his truck one time, and I was kind of pouty about something. And he looked at me and says, Gina, I cannot be your happiness committee. The thing that's attractive about you is how happy you are and how how much you are comfortable in your own skin. He said, if, if that were up to me, I can't do it. It's not fair, and I'd never be able to succeed at making you happy. That's pretty good for yeah. a young 20-year-old. Yeah, it is. What about this advice, that you should okay. go out and find somebody that's your best friend also? Is that I good? know you is don't that good like or, that Is that one. good or I, bad? I, what? Is that good or bad, do you think? You don't like it. I love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, do you, what do you love about it? Um, I think that... When we're talking about all these elements that make up love, we talk about the Greek words for, you know, erotic love and friendship love, phileo and agape, that unconditional love. I think that friendship is the most enduring. Okay. But so Because I think that you could develop erotic feelings for someone that you're best friends with. Sure. But I don't think that you could develop a real strong friendship with someone that only lights your fire but is it ass. Oh, I, no. I, and those guys are out there. I'm, okay. The reason I think you're thinking I don't like that is because it's it can be interpreted as you shouldn't be friends with your spouse. Absolutely, you should be a friend. You know, friendship is a foundational right. component of a relationship. You should enjoy spending time with each other. You should enjoy doing things together. 
But the idea that that is your soulmate, that that is the one that will complete you, that's the way I think most of people interpret best friend. Well, they're my best friend. I'll do everything with it. Well, that's great for a time. You're going to suck the life out of each other if you, if you live by it completely. That's my thought. You know, I do have a couple girlfriends that talk about their BFF, you know, my BFF, and it's someone else's husband. What do you think of that? No. I don't either. It no. bugs me. I mean, every time I hear it, I think, well, you know, I can't help but be a little thankful mm-hmm. that my husband is not your BFF. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I, I propose that men need to have good quality relationships with other men. Women need to have good quality relationships with other women. And the only time those two come together is when you're married to them. Well, then, very good. Because obviously you're going to have acquaintances, you're going to have coworkers, you're going to have you know things that you do. You'll go do other, other things with other men if you're a woman and vice versa if you're a man. Mm-hmm. But anytime, it's just too slippery of a slope. Because regardless of whether or not you think it's all platonic and it's all safe and it's just friendship, sex is always on the table. It's foundational. It's in our genes, literally. <laughs> that's in our genes, literally. <laughs> Pun intended. That's that's funny that for you, you're looking at the risk that sex is on the table. And as a woman, I'm saying the first temptation is that emotional intimacy is on the table. You know, when okay. we're connecting and laughing and yeah. and all those things that really where my attention should be. Right. With, you know, I hate that word should, but ideally is with my mate. Yeah, right. that whole BFF thing, that's tricky. <laughs> it is because, you know, I've, I've counseled couples where, you know, he, he would come back to her and say, there's nothing wrong with this. You know, right. she's just a good friend. Well, in, in, a, in a perfect world, okay, she's a good friend. But when there's trouble at home, who's he going to turn to to get some <laughs> little emotional boost? Well, well, I can tell you. It's going to be her. And then that's just one more step to enter pants. I mean, sorry. It's just, uh-huh. it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous because, and the reason I think men need to have friendships that are really good with a couple other men, and I'll just speak for myself, is because the guys that I have really good friendships with, if I start dancing around that kind of stuff, they see through that BS because they know it. They think it. You know, mm-hmm. they're exactly like me. They're like, I know what you're doing. You're trying to figure out a way, and they'll call me on it. And that's the stuff that makes me a better man, regardless of my marriage or not. It just makes me a better man, and that's the point. Yes, I think sometimes that's more natural for women to have those kind of relationships. Yeah. So we really do encourage you guys. Come on, gentlemen. Just all you need is one or two close friends that you can say, hey, ask me the uncomfortable questions. Let them know. When you see me, ask me this and this. Yeah. And just give them permission to ask. And and for the women, I think that needs to be a select group of women, you know, that you have. A, a couple of really good girlfriends, you know, three, four, whatever. Right. But it's right. also one I think you need to establish this just because we are proponents of, of healthy marriages and thriving marriages. I think you need to establish among those women that you have that's part of your inner circle as – there's no husband bashing allowed in our group, too. I mean, obviously, you can complain about some stuff and commiserate about, hey, I'm just frustrated because this is going on. And then it doesn't evolve into the, oh, yeah, he did it, because then that's not upholding your marriage. Even if you're not talking bad about him, quote, unquote, you're not talking good about marriage in general. 
And yeah, I definitely, I for sure have two girlfriends like that. Most, if people follow me on social media, they can probably tell my best friends are Kelly Claypool and Patricia Rossi, and they hold me to it all the time. And all, I've called them before. I said I resign as love expert because I hate the sailor, and uh, <laughs> they'll they'll uh, pray with me and they'll. They'll just hold my feet to the fire yeah. and stand with me, and and we all do. We we are champions for marriage. Yeah, you you because we we want the best in in the people we're with, just like yeah. we, they want the best in us, and that's the idea. That if you have that, and then you bring that into your marriage with your spouse, where you want the best for them, and part of a marker for your growth is you reach a point where what you want for them is what they want for themselves, and and that's what you start driving for. You know, you've reached a huge level of marriage that nothing else can replace outside of your relationship with God. I'm going to leave that one as it is, but right. it becomes just such a dynamic relationship that's got depth and challenge and eroticism and passion and pleasure and fun and all the negative things that come with it too, because you can't <laughs> have, you can't have one without the other, but it's, it's one of those, you know, Gina, Gina, you and I've had that relationship of, we do, we do we do this show together. Wait, what? Let me rephrase. We, we do that. We do this show together, and we st- we are very clear about where we'll go with each other on what we'll talk about. Oh, you know, absolutely. Off, off the air, you know, it's, it's Corey one of those, like, is if, my good friend. Pam, he's a marriage therapist, and if I'm really angry at Paul, I sure as heck don't call Corey. <laughs> right. I call Kelly, or right. I call Patricia. Because if she did, I would say I'm not going there with you. <laughs> That's right. Because it's, I value this relationship in the way it's established. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's it's kind of setting up good, healthy boundaries in every relationship you've got. Yeah. Oh, man. We just want, we want you to know that marriage gets better and better. We want you to know that when you feel like throwing it away, at least intellectually and, and enough to keep you going, you know that it's worth it. You know that it's all part of your success story. You know it's all part of what makes it richer and better. And, man, we just we believe in it. We believe that when you take all these steps thinking that I'm going to build this and my reward is going to be this great sex life, we want that for you. That's why we talk about sex. And, it, and then outside beyond that is ripples is just this whole beautiful marriage right so right because awesome when you reach that point of i want to throw this all away yeah realize that there it's very possible there's absolutely nothing going wrong between you it's just a stage of growth unfortunately i mean it's just one of those frustrating times of creating something better yes yeah, so our advice is always going to be to the best of your ability uh, strengthen yourself, become your best self, and and speak to that in your mate until there's just absolutely no return from that mate, I guess. Right. And and stick with it, stick yeah. with it because there's there's great help out there, and there's great things to come, including lots more sex. <laughs> exactly. This is Sexy Marriage Radio, Dr. Corey Allen, Gina Paris. We are glad you've joined us. Uh, hop on sexymarriageradio.com and give us your feedback. What did we miss? We want to hear from you. Have a great rest of your day. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Let's talk about...